This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 266 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben and this week I am joined by Charlie. How are you doing mate? Are you keeping well? I am doing really well. Thank you. you weren't supposed to be joined by me today actually were you? You were supposed to be joined by Chris but I have a feeling Chris might have a bit of a sore head today. Um, Chris isn't allowed to drink anymore. Considering the last message that we got in the group chat at about half past 11 last night was, don't worry, guys, I'm all tucked up safe in my hotel bed. Because uh, <laughs> he was down at a work function in Brighton, wasn't he? But t- he sounded like he had a, had a much more enjoyable night than myself. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he, 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 he's, he, he's a bit of a, a demon when he has... <laughs> one too many because when he has one too many he then has many too many there's no such thing as one too many (laughs) and as we repeatedly (laughs) said to chris last night although i still do think that you won the comment of the night when Uh, uh, yes yeah so 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 for context chris um he'd had a couple of pints and uh, chris i hope you don't mind me saying all this you've got no choice now it's already out there um but basically, Chris uh, had a couple of pints and says, "Oh, I don't know whether to have another one. I'm, you know, I need to head home tomorrow at some point." Oh, oh. I, I, I was just being a uh, a good influence and convincing him to have another. And he goes, "Oh, you lot are terrible influences to me when I'm when I've had alcohol." And Ben just r- rolls in with, "Oh, oh, they're, they're bad influences to you. I'm running a fucking ten k because of these lot." <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, indeed, and it is going to happen. But uh, yeah, have you have you started running yet, Charlie? Have you done a run yet? So I have not. Um, okay. and I I felt I feel really bad because I said on Sunday I was going to. Um, basically, I am. I've decided I'm just waiting until I'm back at uh, back in Nottingham this weekend. So it'll be it'll be a Monday morning. I've got an exam on Monday. Uh, the paper gets released at nine, so I'm going to go out for a run beforehand. Um, <laughs> 
and then this is this is madness when i was a student the hours before an exam were frantically trying to learn yeah, but, but, everything that i'd missed from not going but, to here, but, here, but here's the thing here's the thing ben the slight difference between our exams my exam gets my exam paper gets released at nine o'clock on monday morning i have until 2 p.m on tuesday afternoon to submit my answer how is that an exam <laughs> they are take home exams you get all of your notes. You get the internet, um, chat GPT. I, I did not say no, not chat GPT. Um, and yeah, so that is my exam. And I have to have to, I have to answer two questions, each of five pages of double space, double line spacing. So give or take, it's about two and a half thousand words, I think, for each. Nonsense. Answer, so. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, this uni lark. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's let's move away from that. Let's let's talk about <laughs> football because it. We always say it gets to January, and then it's the certainties in life, isn't it? You've got death taxes and the imps needing a striker. And finally, well, finally, we've got one. We we got one that seemingly was in very high demand across the division. Mm. Um, so yeah, obviously Joe Taylor signing for the Imps from Luton until the end of the season. Um, he was recalled earlier in the week from Colchester. So there is the, probably the only Colchester mention in the podcast. I don't think anything else has happened there recently. Um, but um, yeah, you know, coming in and uh, basically filling a, a massive gap for us at the minute um, and bolstering the front line to a degree that I don't think we would have really expected two or three weeks ago. Uh, would that be fair to say? Yeah, it's uh, it's a front line that's suddenly really exciting. Now, yep. go, going into going into Blackpool, I, I was up there for, for New Year's Eve. Um, things weren't really going well. The weather was absolutely rubbish. The hotel bar up in Blackpool, I think I mentioned this on last week's pod, that shut at half past ten. Um, like just on New Year's Eve, so everything was going wrong, and I just wasn't looking forward to the game. And it, uh, it was like, oh, right, right. Suddenly, I'm traveling to Wickham on Saturday, and I actually cannot wait. It's there's it, such a massive shift in uh, in the attitude, and I don't think it's just me. I think it's a lot of Lincoln fans kind of going into uh, yeah. this weekend, and I think a, a large portion of that. I think there's two massive, well probably three big reasons for this actually and we'll obviously cover them all at some point uh, in the podcast but obviously joe taylor coming in freddie draper being recalled and the injury situation start to look a little bit better so we, we we were saying on the podcast for for weeks and weeks just be patient we know things are struggling at the minute they will get better we know what the problems are it is literally unfortunately just a point of having to wait it out there isn't some easy fix that we can do there isn't a change in tactics that's suddenly going to make this squad of players work perfectly because we yeah. didn't really have a squad of players we had an 11 if that for most yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that that's the thing like the 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 attitude shift has been quite marked i mean to be fair i'm, I'm not you know I, I don't really see the, the well see the reactions on on social media at the minute but like particularly among us and a couple of my friends who you know that they either go every week or you know every so often getting texts from sort of saying oh this looks all right i'm, I'm looking forward to saturday now and it, it felt it it felt like that sort of fog there was like a fog of inevitability wasn't there going into a game mm-hmm. it's like oh this probably isn't yeah you know, i'm probably not going to enjoy this and it it just felt inevitable every time we went into a game um in december but 
yeah, like you say, we we kind of needed to limp over to limp over the line to January. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got Jack Moylan come in as well. Uh, record Freddie Draper, and we have Joe Taylor available. Suddenly, the like you say, the the difference between mm. um, Blackpool and Wickham is is phenomenal. Like we've had ten days on the grass essentially. This is obviously the time that's you know Scabala's been able to get the lads on the training ground mm-hmm. and, and get his ideas kind of pressed into this side. Obviously, we, we'll talk a little bit more about formations for the weekend and stuff like that in a little while. But I just think it's really that kind of reset because you know, like I say, you, you had. X number of games in December. I know it wasn't, you know, I know it was a lot of games that we, we got through. And when all of a sudden you've got this new manager coming in faced with that, it just goes, Jesus Christ, that's that's an awful lot of games to to get through. So I think it's probably going to have done everybody the world of good. I think also having maybe the temperature just simmer down a little bit with some of the discussions that have been going on, shall we say. Um, but, I mean, it always helps when you have a new number nine come in, doesn't it, Charlie? It really, really does. And like you've, you know, you've already mentioned who it is. Uh, so there's no obviously beating around the bush on that. But yeah, Joe, Joseph Taylor, the uh, Welsh striker coming in on, uh, was it, it was Tuesday that he was announced, wasn't it? Because it is Thursday today. I'm yes. starting to more or less figure out what day is what again now <laughs> after, after sort of Christmas and New Year. Uh, we're not in the, uh, the half space anymore. Uh, but yes, Joe Taylor. He has had a really good first half of the season against Colch uh, against at uh, playing for Colchester out on loan from Luton Town uh, in a really highly rated in League Two. He's a player that I've kind of watched bits of as well through um, sort of being on the League Two podcast over on the Real EFL. But he's all, he has also had minutes in and around the Luton Town side, obviously last season when they were in the Championship and when they had that immense playoff run to get themselves well, yeah, up to. He was, he was the one that kind of scored in the in the final, wasn't it? It got mm-hmm. disallowed by VAR and then obviously scored yeah. his penalty in the shootout. So, I mean, when you're playing in, in that game, it's the biggest... <laughs> game in the EFL isn't mm-hmm. it you know that that's that's it at the end of the season that's the game that will potentially get you promoted to the Premier League when you're playing in that kind of an environment I mean that would that was a sold out Wembley and it must have just been incredible so you kind of start to maybe have a few few less questions about oh you know can he handle the pressure or anything like that he's done it he he, he will be able to to do that it's just whether he'll be able to continue kind of doing what he's been doing at Colchester. Obviously, 11 and 25 is is pretty impressive, regardless of where you are, um, especially when you're in a, you know playing that well in a struggling team and getting that many goals. Um, but it's whether he'll fit into what we're trying to do at the minute that I think we were going to have a bit of a chat about, wasn't it? I think, um, I know Gary put a post up earlier on in the day um, or last night as you as you listen to this. But yeah, Gary put a post about... What's the formation situation for the weekend, and do we go to up top? So, yeah, let's wrap up on uh, on Mister Taylor, and then we'll we'll talk about two up top, Charlie. Yeah. So, what, what Joseph Taylor brings to us, Joe Taylor? You know, we're on first. <laughs> We're going to go with Joe. What he what he brings to to us is something totally different to Freddie Draper. Now, Freddie Draper, we know. 
we do know, to be fair, because even when he's been at Warsaw and Drahida, those clips of his goals and uh, his assists and such, they get shared around on social media. We know that he is the, the tall man, the man that likes to obviously get himself about, but maybe a little bit more aerially with a little bit more strength. Um, he's a player that I, I mentioned it on the podcast at the weekend. He's a player that I think we can play through in terms of some of his passing movement has also been really good. Maybe um, not necessarily be the player to run in behind, although he has scored goals like that, but he's the player that in in the six-yard box or in the whole 18-yard box, he's going to be fighting for every single ball available. Obviously, you hope that every striker does that. Um, but yeah, he seems like a, a good presser of the ball as well, which is something that uh, I know you've got confirmation uh, of Ben from uh, our lads over at uh, the Yellow Ribbon podcast yep. as well. Um, so, you know, th- we know what Freddie Draper can do. What Joseph Taylor does is totally different. He's a he's a smaller five foot seven, I believe. At least that's what football manager is telling me. So I'm going <laughs> to stick with that. Um, yeah, five foot seven. He's a, he's a little bit shorter. He's a, he, he looks like he's a... I saw the comment on social media that he's a little shit. And you know what? <laughs> I am all for that because... That is exactly what we were hoping we were going to get when Jack Vale came in. When yes. Jack Vale came in uh, and played those last 10 minutes against Charlton, who's really put himself about, I think he committed a foul inside of like his first 30 his seconds. First 30 but was, seconds, yeah. But it was to go and win the ball on the near side. I, I remember it, it was literally just in front of me and it, was, and it was brilliant. That's exactly what you wanted to see from the little striker like that. And that's the sort of thing that Joe Taylor can bring to us. He's also the player that we're going to be able to play balls in behind too. So, for example, if we're under the cosh in certain matches, he's the player that when we're booting the ball, he's already he he said it himself in the pre-match press conference for this yeah. weekend. He sees it as a foot race. This is purely about him getting to that ball. Once he's got the ball, that's a different kettle of fish. Who knows if he can do anything with it? I mean, eleven in twenty-five tells us he can, but. He's going to want to constantly run after that ball. And I think that sometimes, you know, Jovan Makama, I, I don't think he's deserved anywhere near as much a stick as he's got. But I think that's sometimes the criticism that people have of him is the fact that he's a little bit lazy. Uh, but again, I think that's sort of body type and style and role of striker. Mm-hmm. But Joe Taylor's the sort of player that's going to constantly be running after those loose balls. Um, just kind of looking at some of his stats. Now, I don't want to go in these, into these too much, uh, because Gary mentioned them quite a lot, quite heavily at the weekend on the podcast when we were kind of comparing Freddie Draper to some of our other strikers. But now just to compare Joe Taylor to some of them, 0.51 goals per 90. This is obviously this season. Now, starting with, as a caveat, this is him in a lower league compared to everybody else apart from mm-hmm. Freddie Draper. Freddie Draper. Uh, so comparing him to Freddie Draper, Hakeem Delican, Jack Vale, Jovan McCarmer and Ben House. Okay, comparing them to Joe Taylor, obviously, apart from Freddie Draper, all the others have been in League One. 0.51 is higher than any of those five players in terms of goals per 90. Shots per 90 at 2.64 is higher than anybody else. The next highest is Freddie Draper on 1.9. The highest in our actual team is Hakeem Delican with 1.65. Shot on target percentage is 50.9. That is, well, it's, it's not... And it's not quite high. So it's actually middle of the road. But it surprise me because he's had more shots. So you would expect that. I don't have XG uh, or box touches or anything like that because I don't have access to Y Scout. So, but on on the basis of that, what I will say is that Joe Taylor is going to bring us something different to Freddie Draper. We can't expect them to be the exact same player. We shouldn't want them to be the exact same player. 
but it's given us versatility in our attacking options. It's something that we've not had so far this season, ever since Ben House and Tyler Walker uh, obviously both got injured. And it was the thing in the summer that I was really looking forward to because I thought the Ben House-Tyler Walker yeah. partnership, not in terms of a two up top, but a partnership in terms of either one can play was going to be perfect for us because they are two yeah. different types of player. I would probably describe, I, I know height isn't quite the same, but I'd actually probably describe Freddie Draper as more of the Ben House type, actually, and Joe Taylor as more of the Tyler Walker type in terms of some of the attributes that they possess. Obviously, time will tell when we see them in Lincoln shirts as to whether or not I, I'm right in that. Uh, but I was I was really looking forward to that kind of partnership and certain games suiting one player, certain games suiting another and now I'm really excited to have it with Freddie Draper and Joe Taylor. Obviously, going forward, like you've already mentioned, Ben, yeah, create that partnership. Yeah, so the the, the pre-match interviews um, today, kind of, Michael Scabala said in there about, oh, you know, Freddie and uh, and Joe seem to be, um, uh, what, what were the actual words? Kind of, you know, they're, they're still young, but they bring a physical presence. Mm. Freddie's been brilliant in training. Um He's been he's one of our own, isn't he? I think that's important. But Jack's been brilliant as well. I think both of them's come in like a little partnership. So I don't know if it was intentional or whether it was a you know a slip of the tongue. But some of my favourite times watching the Imps, we had the likes of Simon Yeo and Gary Taylor Fletcher. We had Mark Stallard and Jamie Forrester. You you think two up top and. You know, we want to be attacking. We want to score more goals. We want to get out of this rut that we're in at the minute. And I think a lot of people are now thinking, now we have Joe Taylor and Freddie Draper back. Will we be able to go two up top and do it effectively? So I think if we were able to do that, I think personally, I think a three, like a three, four, one, two would be better unless we were to go with what we know Michael Scabella prefers with a flat back four. I know you've been saying it for a while, that we should have gone potentially to a back four earlier in the season. But I still quite like the idea of having um, Jack Burrows and Lars Sorensen as wingbacks. So um, so first of all then, let's. I have been a proponent for a four at the back, but I actually don't know it. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of a little bit back you can't. You don't know how it would work. About it. I'm not at the minute. Um, yeah. And so, so it wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see that be a summer kind of change. So let's just say hypothetically, we are sticking with a three slash five back. Mm-hmm. Now, two up top. I love a two up top formation. I think the three five two, the three four one two. Uh, you know, however you want to call it, I think it could be absolutely brilliant for the players that we've got. My biggest concern with that is we're suddenly it w- will go from having no strikers available to two available. Okay, yes, Rico can fill in there, Makama can fill in there in the short term as well. But we're then suddenly exposing both of our two strikers to the possibility of injuries. Uh and then not always you want to play with them. I, I'm aware of that, but the only problem is is have we really got adequate cover if we're going to go with that? And then do we want to go with that? And then it, you know, somebody get an injury pretty early on and then us have to shift back. My only thinking is uh, Joe Taylor was brought in, not as backup. I'm not saying that because Freddie, he very much could outclass Freddie Draper in this side, but 
I've got a feeling that we're going to want to go with the one up top just and have the other as, as cover uh, and play kind of 60-30. But okay. let's say we do go two up top. And like I said, I am definitely happy with us doing the two up top because I think it could work absolutely fantastically with this Lincoln City side. I'm just a little bit worried about uh, sort of injuries and cover if we do. Uh, but let's say we do. I agree. Three four one two three five two. The goal, obviously, goalkeeper Lucas Jensen, right wing back Lass Sorensen. The three centre halves of you know three of our best centre halves. Three of them, yeah, yeah. You know, we we know how good they all are when Pordy's back as well. When Pordy comes back for me, he has to fight for his place. Uh, similarly, to, I, I agree, hundred you know, percent agree. How he had to do when it, I remember him being on the bench away at Cambridge after his uh, suspension last time. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he should be punished or anything like that for for the red card, not at all. But he definitely has to fight for his place because I mean, if, if people are playing well and they yeah you know, they're deserving to keep their place in the squad, absolutely, or in the in the starting eleven, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, left wing back. Now this is the this is a slight contentious point. Left wing back. If we're going for a three five two, personally, Dylan Duffy. Okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah I I had this conversation with Chris on a monthly show at the end of November because it was again it was after that Cambridge game where Dylan Duffy played left wing back, and Chris was discussing in his best eleven having him there as a full time position when we were still playing the three four three, and and I understood it because what he brought to us in terms of an attacking sense was brilliant, but specifically I remember that game against Cambridge he got beaten quite a lot in his kind of defensive area of the pitch which you would expect because Dylan Duffy is a left winger that was playing left wing back mm-hmm. he was beaten defensively and I was a little bit worried if we were to play him in that position you know long term that would get beaten in, in those sorts of areas and I think Cambridge probably could have had a goal or two if they were a little bit better attacking because of that because they flashed a couple of balls across the box but I feel like in a three-five-two, it, it's going to give slightly more license to somebody like a, let's say, a TJ Yoma or a Sean Rowan who's playing left centre half to come over and cover the left back because then you can always have one of the two CDMs in, you know, one of the two Ethans. Because for the record, those two will be playing in those positions. Yeah, yeah. One of them then drop in to sort of cover uh, in the defensive areas if needed as well. So. I feel like for the balance then, Dylan Duffy goes left wing back. He's going to also, going forward, he's going to provide us with the width that we're going to hope to get so that a Joe Taylor or a Freddie Draper isn't getting dragged out of position and it's kind of going out wide because that's the last thing you really want. Something like a Freddie Draper, he's going to be so much better in and around the area. Now, Joe Taylor, I think, is maybe going to be able to to kind of run into the half spaces and maybe a little bit wider in areas as well, sure. Um, but I don't necessarily want Freddie Draper to be to, to be doing that because then we might just end up having a little bit of empty space mm. in the attacking line. And obviously, Lass Sorensen can bring that on the right hand side as well. I mentioned the two Ethans in the sort of CDM centre mid, slightly deeper roles. Uh, you know, they, they, they need no introduction. The number ten of the two, I think the two strikers. Obviously, if we were doing that, it is Joe Taylor and Freddie Draper because they are the little little and large kind of partnership. Yep. <laughs> everything, everything that we know about the two players seems like they would be absolutely perfect for a strike partnership. Obviously, whether they can replicate that on the pitch is, is another thing, you know, the football isn't played on paper. It's not played on highlight reels. So it'll be really interesting to see that. And then it's the number 10 spot again, which I find a little bit difficult to, to pin down. Now, well, the thing is, when you, when you have a fully fit squad at the moment, if we were to 
you know, venture down this path and, and go down mm-hmm. the route of this formation. It, well, to be fair, even with the narrow uh, two behind, as we've been mm-hmm. playing fairly recently, you know, we, we've kind of moved away from wingers and brought them in a little bit. Who do you pick as your tens? We've when everybody's fit and available. Who do you pick? Because there's there's some quality in that squad once everybody's fit. Now, if we've got one, let's say, you know, if we've got one number 10 position, now Gary put Rico Hackett in his role, in his mm-hmm. one, which totally fair enough. I think Rico's absolutely brilliant and he's a player I, I'm really looking forward to having back. He's going to be huge for us. Um, he's someone who we've missed massively. But I'm not 100% sure about him as a number 10 in behind sort of two out and out strikers like Joe Taylor and Freddie Draper. Um, I've got to be honest. I mean, if he was suspended, I'd, I'd be putting Danny Mandroyo there myself. <laughs> but in terms of what's currently available, we've got Ted Bishop that can go into that role. Uh, yep. We've got Ali Smith, who can maybe sit a little bit deeper with Aaron and having Ethan Hamilton in that role. Because he's shown you know, his capabilities in a, in a more attacking role over the past few weeks as well, in a kind of number 10 role. So I definitely wouldn't mind him uh, playing there. We've also got Jack Moylan. Now, Jack Moylan, he's difficult to judge and I definitely wouldn't want to put him in a team because we've not seen him yet in the, in the yeah. sense that I'm not going to sit here and say that he's better than Rico Hackett as an option or he's better than anybody else that we've got. Or he's better than a Ted Bishop. Because, well, I mean, this, sorry, is, this is the thing about Moylan. Every, you know, obviously, the headline is he scored the most goals in the League of Ireland last season. Brilliant. But I can't seem to pin down where it is that he plays best. He seems to be able to play pretty much anywhere in that final third and do it well. So on that, Gary this week spoke with Adam Scully, who is the um, deputy head of writing at the Real EFL and also one of the Real EFL League One uh, podcast hosts. And he's also a Shelbourne fan. He literally lives like just around the corner, does Adam? Okay. And what he said was that he he was primarily played as a more creative player, normally behind the striker, but due to due to injuries, funnily enough, it basically forced Jack Moylan into being Shell's number nine, and it worked. Now, obviously, we know he finished joint top scorer in the league, but one of the things he did say is that he maybe he, he struggled a little bit against sort of uh, more physical centre halves, and obviously, there's an op- there's a chance that in England that weakness will be higher given the intensity of some of those defenders in League One. Therefore, it's likely that Moylan will start out playing in a wider position than leading the line because of this. So that is directly from Adam Scully, Shelbourne fan. Okay. So, again, like, it, it kind of sets it up well in the sense that we could potentially see Jack Moylan fill in, let's say, next to Freddie Draper in a little and large partnership up top. Or we could see him playing as a number 10 in a 3-4-3 as one of the two behind a striker like Freddie Draper or like Joe Taylor or something like that. So, again, it's the versatility that we're being given. Now, we sat here hypothesising how these sorts of players are going to fit. And obviously, roll on Saturday because I'm really, really intrigued. Like, Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you've got... We're, we're hypothesizing about something that's actually positive for once. Exactly. You know, we're able to do this. We're able to pick and choose a formation out of players that we have fit and available and by all accounts, pretty damn talented if we've not seen them already. So yeah, 
like I said earlier, it's, it's that that fog that's been lifted. But do you think we'll? Do you think a two up top scenario will come in quickly or even at all? Do I think it will come in at all? Yes, there will one hundred percent be some games where it will be played. Do I think it will happen? Let's say on Saturday. I'm going to go with no, purely because Joe Taylor has only been training since. Tuesday, so he he was at the training ground on Monday, uh, but didn't train. He was then training on Tuesday. They had a day off on Wednesday, and then obviously they'll be they'll be training today, and they'll have match prep tomorrow. So realistically, there's only sort of a couple of sessions and then match prep that he'll have had working with you know, Freddie Draper or, or whoever the other striker could be. Um, so I'd be a little bit kind of wary about us sort of trying something that could become brand new to some of the players so for me it'll be a 3-4-3 same as what we have been playing with Freddie Draper up top and then two in behind uh, you know whoever those two happen to be but if we do end up going with a two up top as early as Saturday again like as much as I'd be a little bit worried about it in terms of injuries and depth and all of this I would be really excited at the same time to see how it works on the pitch yeah I mean I think the the concern about injuries and everything, obviously, particularly with the record that we have this season, I I just don't think that's going to be a major player in terms of the decisions that are going to be made. You know, it's kind of like I said, if you if you're going out and you're buying the best toys, mm. you're going to go and play with them straight away. You know, and that that's mm. kind of you know we've we've got we've got new toys available. Let's try and use them. You know, so. Um, yeah, obviously the the conversation around Moylan is is one as to whether he is going to start, whether he's not going to play um, straight away. But I think when you have two strikers that are in the form that, let's face it, the form that Freddie and, and uh, Joe are in, or have been in recently, I think it might be a bit of a fool's you know, fool's errand not to put them together up top on Saturday. But uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, like I said, I absolutely agree with that. With that point, I really do. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, you're being cautious I, because of I'm, the season I'm, that we've had. Well, That's what I'm, it is, isn't it? It's, it's even like I said, I'm more than happy to see us go to up top. Uh, I just don't necessarily expect it to happen as as early as Saturday. That's that's the only thing. I'm just kind of being a little bit more. I, I feel like we might go a little bit more reserved and a little bit more what we know at the minute. Um, okay, but then again. If we do go two up top and those two do start, then it, it's a bit of a lineup, isn't it? It's going to be yeah, it's going to be a really really good look. We will have two of the hottest prospects from the league below us playing for us. The two kinds of players that if another team in our division was to sign them, we'd be sat oh, here that's like a good signing. Yeah, we'd be sat here like oh god, we don't want to be playing against them. Yeah. So yeah, there are there there is a real kind of positive on that, um, but. Like Absolutely, I really can't wait till Saturday two two o'clock, not even three o'clock. Two o'clock, just sat, sat <laughs> just see the team lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, yeah, let's let's start looking ahead to to Saturday now. Um, obviously, the injury meltdown that we've had has has been pretty severe. Um, on Saturday, we will still be without Paudi O'Connor. We will still be without Danny Mandroy through suspension. But the question was posed to Marcus Caballa in his interview uh, today about a few of the players as to whether they would be back. And the summation of it, basically, Rico Hackett looks like he will be able to play some sort of part in the game. Um, 
potentially not from the start. Mm-hmm. They've still got to manage, you know, a bit more of a full return. Um, Sean Rowan will be back in contention. Eth- uh, Ethan, uh, Ethan Hamilton, sorry. Uh, Jack Burrows is also uh, going to be able to play on Saturday. Then it came to the ones that you kind of think, oh, there's a bit of doubt around. So obviously there was, a, I think, a, a story during the rounds about uh, Ethan Arahan. He was, uh, I think Gary said in his piece, I think he was apparently seen in town in a supermarket in a uh, full leg brace and cast, which was a bit worrying. But he should be available. He's been on the grass. He's been training um, for the last few days, so he should be fit. Uh, and then Lass Sorensen was the other one who is kind of there and and on the grass, but he was a little bit coy as to whether he was going to be available on Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I'm not sure on on last based on that. I've got to be honest, but mm. it, again, it could just be a not wanting to necessarily throw, uh, you know, give the opposition too much information. Um, yeah. I feel like with Michael Scabala's interviews, you know, and, and and I think I may or may not have made it public knowledge on this podcast that I didn't really like uh, Mark Kennedy's uh, interviews. No. I, I may have gone on a little bit of a rant about them at one point, but. Michael Scabala is totally different. He he wants to constantly give information. Chances are the club are probably actually holding him back at a couple of points. Like, no, no, let, let's not say that yet. <laughs> let's let, let's not announce this new signing. Can we wait until tomorrow? You know, let's it's, not say that Freddie Draper's coming back. You know, it's just it's little things bit, like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of that thing of like, I have all of the information. You just need to give me the right question and I will give you the answer. It's like, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it, it's not like uh, he's withholding information. He's, he's very, no. he's a very open book. You've just got to find, you know, the right page. I guess. Yeah. So he he probably, you know, it, it is a bit of a fine line. Uh, and as well, if he comes out and says, "Oh well, Lass is definitely available on Saturday," and then he isn't, for, you yeah. know, as a slight setback or whatever, who knows? Um, but hopefully, Lass will be available. Uh, it seems like it's more kind of seventy thirty towards him being available than, yeah. than not. Um, just kind of reading between the lines there. Which yeah. is great because he is our starting right wing back. He will take that position, uh, so it just it just makes one slight less selection headache for uh, Michael Skubala, which is it's a headache he's had a lot of recently, but not for the right reasons. But this week, he's, it just he's, seems he's to be yeah, it, it seems to be ticking tipping over in that right direction, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden you've you've got a choice to make as to who are we going to put in from an available squad <laughs> as opposed to what can we make a first eleven out of? So uh, exactly. Yeah, no, um, great stuff. Well, I mean, I think um, that's probably a decent spot for a very short break. When we come back, we'll be previewing Wickham. The first jo- uh, first voices you'll hear will be Charlie and George from the Wickham Way after we come back from this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to the Stacey West YouTube channel or the podcast, however you're watching or listening to myself right now. But it's not just me that you'll see on your screen or it's not just my voice that you'll hear. I'm also joined by George from the Wickham Way. How are we doing, George? I'm um, very well, thank you, mate. Uh, thank you once again for having me on. Uh, obviously, we did this in August, didn't we? Um, mm. Hoping for a different result this time around, though. Uh, well, not all of us are hoping for a different yeah. result, but uh, yes, I wasn't going to bring that uh, that one up immediately. I, I was going to try and be uh, kind, but well, I, I guess, you know what, if we're going chronologically, that is probably the best place to start. Obviously, um, it was quite a comfortable victory for us, really, in that, in that game. 3-0 at home for us. But a lot of time has passed since then. Many things have changed for us. Obviously, we've had a we've had a whole new manager. Manager. Um, what, what what kind of things have changed for yourself from the start of the season? And kind of talk us through the season. Have you kind of kept with a similar style, or have things started to progress, or or even regress? <laughs> uh, I think the main thing that's changed is probably the expectation. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know when we've sort of going into the early season games, we were expecting a, a promotion push or at the very least a, a sort of a, a playoff charge. Um, sort of we're now looking at a position where staying up would be a, a, a little bit of a success. And, we, we, you know, we've, we've kept to the same systems more or less. You know, we're still trying to play with the, a five at the back or a, a three at the back with, with wing backs, whichever way you choose to look at it. Um, but sort of it's been a, a roller coaster season, really. We've just come off the back of a, a really quite poor run of form, um, winless in 12 in the league. Um but on the flip side, we're now one defeat in six. So, you know, depending on which, uh, which way you look at it, it, there's positives and negatives to be taken from the recent form. Um, but overall, I think it's a, it's been a positive season for, for many reasons, negative in other aspects, but looking forward to the, the game this weekend. Absolutely. As am I, it's going to work. It's going to be a really good one. I think a lot of Lincoln fans are very much looking forward to it. We've had uh, a 12-day break since our last match. Uh, well, it obviously will be 12 days as of uh, Saturday. And it's the one that uh, I know I myself am very much looking forward to. And I think quite a few others are. Uh, you kind of mentioned some of your recent form there. You know, it, you were on that really, really poor run that in a way kind of, well, the, the last really bad game, if you like it, in that run in terms of uh, the last game that you were lost was obviously away at Exeter on Boxing Day. Now, that's an Exeter side who had only picked up three points in something like 15, 16 matches mm-hmm. themselves, and they were all draws, one of which obviously being at home to Lincoln because that's just our sort of look. Um, but then you kind of, like you say, you mentioned that you've got on a, a draw, a win and a draw, and then the last three. Are there specific changes that are being made in the recent form compared to that horrendous winless run? Or is it just the fact that Things that may be, you know, a culmination. Sometimes, sometimes it genuinely can boil down to luck, can't it? Just certain mm-hmm. games where you're performing, but they just don't go your way. Is that what it is? And now you're just starting to see the results for the performances, or have there been upturns in performances as well? 
Yeah, I'm sort of I'm glad you mentioned the the luck factor um, because I don't want to sound naive, but we've sort of been on the end of some pretty poor decisions um, in big games. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones was the um, the loss away at Barnsley. I think the the clip of Strijek's mistake went viral. Um, yes, the FA or the the refereeing association mm-hmm. later came out and said it should have been a foul. Um, so no, that's it's, it's only a point, but you know if we draw that game, there's a lot of confidence from a, a point at Barnsley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been other games where refereeing mistakes have cost us, um, but I don't actually think we've been sort of outplayed in any of the games in that form. You know, if you look at the results specifically, it's a lot of one nil defeats in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't concede too many, but the problem we had is we weren't scoring any at all. Um, and you know, you're always up against it if you aren't sticking the ball in the onion bag at the other end. Um, so we, we weren't being outplayed and we've now sort of switched to a, a four at the back system um, which seems to be sort of treating us better going forward you know we, we're still conceding sloppy goals to the, the weaker teams of division let's say um, sort of a draw at Burton at the weekend is somewhere you'd yeah. expect to, to go and sort of perhaps get a, a result but you know we've got to, to take the, um, the rub of the green at the moment because you know, when you're in a, a run of form of pause out, it's just about getting out of it whichever way you can. Absolutely. And uh, like I say, I, I don't think it's in any way sort of naive or biased to, to bring up luck and sort of decisions going against you. Because like you say, those one single decision going against you in one match can have a domino effect on future games, as you kind of mentioned there with the sort of Barnsley match. Um, I also just want to bring up the fact that you guys played last night, didn't you, in the... Um, Bristol Street Motors Trophy. I need to make sure I get the name of the, the competition right. Um, I know not everybody is necessarily a big fan of it. Uh, was that quite a strong side? You, uh, you strong sort of team you sided last night against uh, West Ham under twenty ones, or was it a bit of a rotated side looking ahead for Saturday? I think there's a nice mix. Um, I think Bloomfield has come out very publicly and said that he's going to take the rest of the tournament seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he'd quite like a, a big day out at Wembley in his first full season in charge. Mm. Um, and so we took the game quite seriously, you know, with respect to the opposition. Um, again, that we should have really won anyway. Um, he did come out and say there are a few tired legs after the Burton game. Um, mm-hmm. Their pitch is, is quite poor, so that took a, a big toll on some of the more key players. Um, but, you know, the younger lads fared really well and it was a team that went out, plenty of experience, um, mm-hmm. did a professional job and, and got a win. And obviously that will give the, the players that did play some confidence going into Saturday. And a few of them will no doubt be in um, Bloomfield's ear ahead of the weekend. There we go. Thank you to George from the Wickham Way there, talking to Charlie. Um, as of the moment, Charlie has not sent me the audio. But Charlie, how did that go? And uh, what was George's stance on where things are at the moment? So with Wickham, it's, they're, they're in a little bit of a weird season. Now, Matt Bloomfield has came in um, off the back of obviously Gareth Ainsworth leaving the back end of last season. And to be honest, I'm surprised to still still see Matt Bloomfield in a job. Hasn't exactly had the greatest of runs. They currently sit down in 16th, but only three points behind us. They could potentially go ahead of us if uh, they beat us on Saturday, but I think they've got to beat us by three goals, I think, for goal difference. But we don't need to worry about that, hopefully. Now, they ended up going on a really, really poor run of form after uh, in the league 
after sort of the start of October, I believe it was, their, their last kind of win in that came against Fleetwood Town before going on something like an 11-game winless run. I've got it down as one win in 14 league games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's well. That'll be it. And then, like I said, they then won against Bristol Rovers. Then on, uh, I believe it was New Year's Day, mm-hmm. which is obviously a real positive one for them. And but they're now they've gone from you know, like I said, one win in fourteen to actually picking up seven, not seven points, five points out of their last available nine. They ended up losing like five games in a row in all competitions. Basically, things just were not going their way. They even lost against Exeter City. Exeter, who were on a horrendous run of form where, you know, they only picked up three points in, like, 17 matches or something, and obviously one of those three was against Lincoln. But we won't talk about that one because (laughs) I don't want to. That was not a fun day. Uh, Yeah. I'm really surprised to see Matt Bloomfield still in a job personally. I think uh, a lot of the fans at Wickham expect them to be a lot higher this season. Actually mm-hmm. expected them to, to potentially be knocking on the doors of the playoffs. Don't surprise me at all, actually, to see them down there a little bit. Uh, but obviously, it surprised some of their fans. Yeah, I still think Bloomfield's a little bit of a sort of marmite figure. But he started the season with them playing with a, a three at the back, either a three-five-two, similar to what we've been talking about, or a three-four-three. So, funnily enough, it seems like he had the same choice that many people are predicting Michael Skibala to have this weekend. And I think what he was trying to do is he was trying to play football, which obviously for Wickham was a little bit of sort of yeah. of a slightly different style to what was happening under uh, Gareth Ainsworth. Now, he, well, I mean, this this is something. Sorry, just to, this is something that we've spoken about, um, and I've, I know I've spoken to uh, a couple of fans from other teams on on other podcasts about things as well. When we played Wickham, obviously, you know, it was a very very, very satisfying result. Um, whether the performance was was up to snuff or not, you know, can be debated until the cows come home. And obviously, 3-0 probably flattered us in terms of what we actually deserved from the game. But when I've spoken to people afterwards, they said, oh, you know, who was the, the worst team to come to Central Bank so far this season? I said Wickham, because they, they really didn't look that good. To Bear in mind, this was probably what? September time, so there have oh, been worse okay. since. Um, just wanted to get that. Hang on, there, though. We're, so we only play bloody Wickham and Blackpool at home. We're by that <laughs> so October, 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 right, October, okay. October time. Yeah. Well, that, that, then you are wrong because you know Cheltenham. <laughs> Cheltenham uh, were bloody awful. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. <sorry>. <laughs> I mean, they were they were up there, and I think yeah, the, yeah. the surprise factor was more what I was getting out there. And people were saying, "Oh, that's Wickham being the worst side." I was like, "Yeah," and then it. When they sort of realised that we played them as sort of the, like the third game of the season, they were obviously that team in transition. They were obviously, you know, going from blood and thunder football of Gareth Ainsworth and just edit and kick it, um, moving into, you know, a new way of, like you say, trying to get it down, trying to play football. I think we played them at home at the perfect time. Um at the start of the season, mainly because after that they went on they went on a bit of a run and they won four out of the next five, um, with the other one being a draw. So they've got it in them somewhere, but it's just what's potentially gone wrong. And is, did George say anything on any, uh, anything around that, or was it kind of just more focused on the weekend? So it wasn't that things had necessarily gone wrong, but there was like. We discussed obviously things as, as daft as it might sound to some, but look, 
because just little things like look when you're on a losing streak they do not go your way and and things mm. like decisions now he brought up one that funnily enough he beat me too because i was going to be bringing it up myself they lost one nil away at barnsley to mm-hmm. a last minute winner and i don't know if you remember the game uh, ben, because it kind of went a little bit viral it was at the end of November, where basically the Barnsley attacker, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was now, but um, basically he ran towards the goalkeeper, the Wickham goalkeeper who had the ball at his feet, was going to pick it up, picked it up and the Barnsley man effectively him. Yeah. shoved him over uh, and then got the ball and scored. And you know, that was in the last minute. They were already on a little bit of a losing run. They'd lost a couple before then. Uh, you know, they hadn't won in the league by then for like almost two months. And those are the sorts of things and just the little decisions that when you're on a losing streak, they just always seem to go against you. And it might be confirmation bias and things like that, sure. But it just feels, doesn't it, like when you're yeah. on that kind of terrible run, these things do happen. But what they did... Like I said, they, they very much tried to to play this kind of style of football that was more Matt Bloomfield rather than uh, sort of Gareth Ainsworth, which is which is fair enough. That they needed to actually shift towards a different kind of play style at some point because they needed, you know, they did need to get away from sort of Gareth Ainsworth style because I think at some point that was that wasn't going to work for them as it, mm-hmm. as well as it has been doing recently. And obviously they they did do that, but it also didn't really work too well under, with Matt Bloomfield style. You know, you've, you've got the argument that there are still some players in the squad who are uh, maybe sort of Gareth Ainsworth style players, although less so, I've got to be honest. But what they seem to have done really well in the past kind of four, three, four, five matches is whether, whether this is a, a kind of conscious decision between the manager and the players, they seem to have come together to compromise and create this kind of style and system where they are still able to put the ball on the ground and, and move the ball forward, but they're able to utilise the this kind of strength of somebody like a Sam, Sam Vogt, somebody who you can get the ball into the area, whether it's him knocking it down for somebody else or whether it's him trying to knock it into the back of the net himself. He's probably going to be better doing that aerially or being able to fight off defenders. And, you know, that might have worked better under a Gareth Ainsworth system. But what they've done is they've been able to kind of combine the two sort of play styles to be able to still get the best out of him, but also be able to move the ball forward on the ground as well as not just booting it when you're kind of 20 yards from your own goal as um, sort of Wickham used to sort of be famed for. Although, Booting it from within your own half works for us against Wickham. Well, well it works for yeah. us, Sorensen. Uh, so just have to <laughs> bring that up at every opportunity. Oh, of course, get. of course. But yeah, they've, they've gone from a three slash five back into a four back, uh, but they have got, like I said, they have got some danger, especially in this new style as well. Some of the players that we sort of picked out and obviously listened to the full preview over on YouTube, but some of the players we picked out, obviously Sam Folks. Dale Taylor as well, a player that's been mentioned on this podcast about someone who we could have potentially looked at bringing in on loan in the summer. We obviously decided not to, or or he was never, you know, or we maybe tried and Dale Taylor ended up choosing Wickham instead. But he's picked up three goals for them in 23 matches, only 17 starts. You know, he's not as kind of prolific in front of goal as I think they'd have maybe hoped for. But Luke Leahy, Luke Leahy is a fantastic, versatile player. I didn't realise, you know, he was as old as 31 when I was doing the research for the preview. 
but he's bagged seven for them, often playing as like a centre back uh, or yeah, at the minute he's playing at left back. He's left back the other day, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, at the minute in the full back he's playing at left back, but he can also play in one of the midfield roles as well. Um, so they've they've somehow managed to get the best out of a player. Well, I, I say they've managed to get the best out of a player. I think Luke Lee, he's very much managed to take the opportunity of whenever he's playing, no matter what position it's in, but he's managed to take the opportunity to, to still be able to sort of bag goals and show what he can do, which is a real positive for them. Um, Harry Boys, obviously another player that does need mentioning. Now, there were rumours that he was going to be moving out of Wickham. Uh, in I thought it was confirmed that he'd left. It wasn't confirmed as of late last night, whether it was confirmed today, uh, by all means. But um, as I said, he's a player that they were very much looking at uh, potentially move, moving back out. Obviously, it was his only there on loan. Um, the only reason is, I think it's more because they're kind of moving to a fallback. Just doesn't seem to fit in the in the new system, whatever reason that is. And George was kind of really complimentary of Harry Boy, saying he's he's a really good player. He's not done anything wrong. Uh, so you know he's kind of just one of those unfortunate victims of circumstance. Yeah, I mean, just having a quick look, it does say um, that uh, yeah, Sheffield United are set to recall. Harry yeah, Boys. It's, not being, um, it's not being confirmed. No, there, there was. I think there was talk online. I did see last night that he'd left Wickham um, at that point. So whether that's just a case of the formalities need, you know, publicising, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I to be fair, I liked Harry Boys when he was here. I think his performance away at Sheffield Wednesday was absolutely mm-hmm. stellar. Um, I just think it was one of those positions where maybe we we had a few choices that. Uh, that, that got in over him, um, but yeah, would have been uh, would have been probably nice to see him back. And who knows, maybe that's on the cards. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of Wickham's, you know, anticipated lineup. Obviously, we said they're, they're kind of going in that four five one four two three one formation at the minute. I think that's where they uh, that, that's how they played against Bristol Rovers the other day. Um, it's on paper. You look at the form guide for you know for League One. Both teams are down there at the moment, so on paper it's not going to be a barn burner. But as you said earlier, football's obviously not played on paper. So with our new refreshed front line, I would probably be a little bit more confident than um, I was this time last week going into it. Um, so how do you see them line up and? More to the point, us and let's have a prediction from you, Charlie. Oh well, you're you're previewing, you're out previewing me, out previewing <laughs> me. You're doing what I do to them, do what you do to them. Now you're doing it to me. Now, um, how do I see us lining up? I think I, I, I say I'm going to stick with a three-four-three um, as a as what I would have to hazard a guess on. Uh, them a four two three one. It's going to be opportunities for us. I think our wide players are, you know, hopefully going to get the lion's share of the ball uh, in sort of last Sorensen and whoever it ends up being on the other side. Obviously, providing that last is fit. I went with a two 0 away victory. I went with a two 0 okay. victory for us. Um, may just be misguided optimism. Don't get me wrong, because <laughs> you know we. We are sat here speaking a lot more optimistically rather than trying to kind of sort of temper yeah. bad news, which is obviously what we've had to do quite a lot recently. Um, so I'm going to go with the 2-0 away victory because I really, really hope that we don't end up 
going five league losses on the bounce because that would be <laughs> yeah that would, that would be, be really one, tough. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm, to be fair, I'm also going to go. Um, I think I'm also going to go for a two 0 away win. Um, but, Stop copying me. <laughs> but <laughs> I think we will have a bit of a statement of intent. I think we'll go three five two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll start with Freddie Draper and Joe Taylor up front. I think this is a real way to bounce back from what we've had over the past four games and really you know, get Michael Scobard to stamp his statement of intent down and say, we are going to play like this and it is going to be good. Because we've seen what he said, you know, well, we want to, if we're going to lose, we want to lose trying or lose fighting. Let's see it. Let's see it on Saturday. Let's, you know, stick two up top have Joe playing off mm. Freddie and let's just go for it. I, I'm really hoping that we will see the positive change that we've seen off the pitch on the pitch on Saturday. So uh, yeah, two nil away win for me and I'm going to stay confident on that one. Um, Good. But I don't think there's anything else really that's, that's come out of the bank this week, is there? It's kind of, it's very calm before the storm. Um, I think we're probably expecting one, maybe two more in, depending on who goes out. Um, I, I would expect one to go out. I'm thinking well, at least three, one. and I'm, think, I'm thinking three and two out. Okay. I'd, I would probably say two and two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still think... We're we're fishing in that midfield water at the minute, as you know, as as a rota- a, a player for rotation or maybe a bit of backup. And I I think defense we're, defense wise we're fine. Um, I think in the mm-hmm. midfield we just need to maybe have a, an understudy for a. Run. I'd argue. I'd argue. I think we need another wing back for the left side. So yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, we've just spoken about Harry Boys, haven't we? Yeah, I think yeah. Um, in, yeah, fair enough, and. Um, then yeah, maybe a, maybe a ten as a as a bit of cover. Um, yeah. I know you, Gary, you and Gary spoke about that on Sunday, and I probably hasten to agree. But um, yeah, I can't think of anything else that's been going on at the club this week in terms of podcasty stuff. I don't think there's much else. Um, get yourself over to the YouTube channel and get subscribed if you haven't already. Uh, get on Patreon as well uh, and come join the Discord because we have. Some good old chats on the Discord, and it's always uh, always a good time. Um, but until then, I don't think there's anything else. So we will see you on Sunday, and up the imps. Up the imps. on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.